create a friendship. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is from Sydney and today we're talking to Paul Wilson, a coach from here in the UK. And we're going to introduce a very interesting topic, of course, which is part of my Christmas gift to all of you guys, listening and learning how we can create the life that you want and we want by changing little things here and there. And one of the things that we have sometimes is this problem. We think we know what's the problem, but that's not the problem. <laughs> And it all comes down to limiting beliefs. So I got Paul Wilson to come to me and tell me all about limiting beliefs. So welcome to the show. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, good night. If I, if I like in Australia, that's very far. What are limiting beliefs? Tell me all about it because I know you're very, very experienced. So we are just eager and listening to you and just learning what is this, um, you know, it's quite a jargon, limiting belief. Is a coach. You know, it's a coach language. But for normal people, what, what is a limiting belief? And Limiting beliefs are everywhere. They're right. absolutely everywhere. Um, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'll try. Uh, you know what? I'm never going to get that job. I'll... I'd like to apply for that new that promotion, but my friends say I'm not, you know, I don't have enough experience, so I'm not going to do it. You know what? I'll never lose the weight. Yeah. I'd really like to ask that girl out on a date, but she's going to say no. All of this stuff is limiting beliefs. Now, there's two important points to make here. Most of those limiting beliefs are not self-generated. They come from stuff that's happened in our past, but we must take responsibility for getting rid of them. And they can be got rid of, they can be got rid of really, really easily. Some of the more entrenched limiting beliefs, you need to work with someone like me to get rid of. But a lot of stuff you can do by yourself because they're not as entrenched as we like to believe. There used to be an old saying here in the UK called, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Now that's been disproven scientifically because if you look at neuroplasticity, Everything that's going on up here, most of it, you can change it. But you have to want to change it and you have to be willing to make the changes and do the work necessary to bring those changes on. Now, in my work, what is really interesting, I've been a hypnotherapist now for five years. I've done coaching and stuff in corporate world and all that. But the hypnotherapy is about five years, nearly six. And one thing that I found really, really bizarre was that people come to me with a specific problem, like, I don't know, stop smoking, weight loss, whatever. But that's not the problem. It's what I call the symptom. Most often than not, the symptom is caused by something that I call the root cause. And that comes from generally limiting beliefs, things that people have been told over and over and over again. I mean, answer this to me, France. You know, as a parent, what's the word you say most often to your kids, if you've got kids? What do most parents, the most popular word that most people say to their kids? Dinner is ready. No, it's no. Oh, no, no, no. Now, don't no. touch that. Don't do this. Don't sit there. Don't eat too quickly. Don't talk to them. Don't go there. Don't be late. No, 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 no. And so the word no almost becomes ingrained as the most important word in anything we do. And then you go to school and you meet other school kids and teachers no no you can't be in our gang no you're not wearing the right whatever no 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 you're not good enough 
Paul Wilson, you'll never amount to anything in this world because you're not doing this. You're not good enough. You don't have the brains for it. You get a job. Oh, you know what? I wish I had somebody else like Paul because he's amazing. You, you're just hopeless. You can't learn anything. And we get to all this over and over and over and over and over again. And then you get abuse, you know, narcissistic abuse, um, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. Neglect is a form of abuse that a lot of people suffer as kids. And so they, because they're neglected, they're not given love, they're not hugged, they're not told that they are loved and cherished by their parents. They start to feel unloved. And then to become loved, they start latching onto the wrong kind of person. And you get things like being love-bombed. Oh, you're amazing, Franz. Oh, you're wonderful. I'm so glad I met you. And blah, 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 blah. And they pull you in because you want to believe it, because you've got all these limiting beliefs about yourself. But here's one person that thinks you are worthy. There's one person that thinks you are amazing. Until you fall into their trap, until you get caught in their web, and then it's, you know what? You're really hopeless. I asked you to make dinner, and look, you know, the, the peas are undercooked, the, the carrots are overcooked, the, the, the potatoes are burned, and then, but you still love them because, yes, they sometimes they see me, sometimes they hear me. And this is all down to limiting beliefs that are caused in the main by some form of trauma, either major or minor. And it plays on throughout our lives until we get to the stage where we go, you know what? That's it. I've had it with this. You know, I'm just not going to tolerate this anymore. Finished, end, over and done. I'm going to get some help. And those people that get help and then start to get rid of all these limiting beliefs, all of this, this negativity that is um, that, that surrounded them for years and years and years. And that takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of courage to go, you know what? I'm not in a good place. You know what? All this stuff going on in my head, I don't want it anymore. And that takes courage. That takes bravery to kind of step up and face yourself, face these beliefs that are going on in your head and go, yeah, I do believe those. Because too many people try and paste over them. Like uh, if you've got a wall that's full of cracks, yeah, you've got two choices. You can kind of take the plaster off that wall and replaster it properly so you've got a nice smooth wall. Or you can get some wallpaper and just wallpaper over the cracks. So the cracks are still there. And you lean against the wall and your, you know, your elbow goes through the, the wallpaper into the crack. And this is what most people do. Most people spend their lives wallpapering over the cracks rather than peeling away the rubbish and creating a brand new smooth, shiny surface. And that's where people like me and other therapists of all different shapes and sizes come in. We help people get rid of all that old plaster and create a brand new surface from which you can grow and move forward within your life. And that is so important to do. It really, really is. It's, it's, the, it's the one thing I go on about all the time is that you can change your life. I mean, Paul McKenna, who's a world-famous hypnotherapist, he's got a book, I think it's You Can Change Your Life in Seven Days. And that is actually true. Now, most people don't believe it. Most people will pick up that book and we'll read it going, you know what, this ain't going to work, and they throw it away. And it is so sad because you can actually change your life in an instant. You can flip a coin and go, you know, if it lands on heads, I'm out. That relationship is over with. 
Now, I don't advise that you, you make a major life decision on a flip of a coin, but you get my point. We have to decide that we want to make changes. I was in a, a practice group this morning uh, because I, you know, I help people. It's one of the things that I do is I help people grow and develop as hypnotherapists. And one of the person came in and she pretended to be someone who didn't want to do something. And I said, look, I'm sorry, I can't work with you because until you decide you want to make the changes, a million hypnotherapists, a million therapists aren't going to help you change until you make that choice. And this is the thing, I'll give you a really quick example. I had a client uh, four, five years ago now, and she came to me with, um, what was it? Yeah, she wanted to stop smoking. It seems fairly routine, not a major problem. So we sat down, started doing the work, and then I, together, because I work with my clients, not you know throwing things at them, I work with them. Together, we discovered that the the stop smoking was also aided, and I'll come back to that in a second, by this need to eat loads and loads and loads and loads of food. So okay, we carried on, we kept looking, and basically she had her lifetime of limiting beliefs that she wasn't worthy of being in a good relationship with a nice man. And so she'd have been in three relationships with horrible, nasty, evil, toxic guys. And she finally recognized that, but she said, you know what, that's it, I've had it, I don't want to be with men anymore. What can I do to be unattractive? Now, this is the unconscious mind going here. So she gets out of this relationship and she says, what can I do to be unattractive? I know what I can do, I can start smoking. And I can become really fat. And these are her words, not mine. I became really fat and really gross, really ugly. So I became as unappealing as possible. And so she put on loads and loads of weight and she literally smoked like a chimney for years and years and years and years. All because of these limiting beliefs that she wasn't worthy of a decent relationship. So we, we found the root cause of that, which went way, way, way back into her childhood, which I won't go into. And then we got rid of all of the emotional baggage. We got rid of all the limiting beliefs around this event. Yeah. And then she went, you know what, Paul? I get it now. I don't need to to do these things. I'm ready and I deserve, I am worthy of being in a loving relationship with a really nice guy. So within the space of, I don't know, three or four months, she'd lost loads and loads of weight. The smoking stopped the day we worked together. And now five years later, she's in a loving relationship with a really, really nice guy. And they're as happy as lambs really are. And that shows you that you can make those changes. And you know, your client reminds me of one of my clients a few years ago. And she came to me for smoking. And um, she said, I can't stop smoking. I said, don't worry, this is not about smoking. And uh, we went, we did RTT, so rapid transformation therapy. And in regression, it turned out that all this was um, self-hate because of a narcissistic mother and sister. She never felt loved. And then she felt that she didn't exist because the sister was getting all the attention. And this is a pattern I see all the time. And in the end, the smoke was there so that she would die. It was to eliminate her because she couldn't exist. And uh, we reversed that and then the, st- the smoking stopped, you know, and then, and I had two or three other clients after her who were smoking, literally came for the session because I need to die. I need to kill myself. It was incredible to hear that. It was very sad as well, because as parents, we don't realize what we're doing to our kids. 
But this was pure narcissist, so as you said, very toxic relationship, and she was accepting that. And then she was also dating a person who was very toxic. And it was all connected. As after that, it was like, okay, we, we're going to change it. And as you said, Paul, we need that desire because you can even go with Paul McKenna or Mike Mandel, the big ones, the biggest hypnotherapist. You can go have your brain section taken out. You can go antidepressant, whatever. But if you don't decide to change, you won't make the effort. You won't do anything. So you will not change. Everything will remain because there is this um, secondary gain, isn't it? Because we... We want to be comfortable. We we rather stay in a painful position and we know instead of going to a new scary position and that's where the weight comes in. That weight was a shield. It was a protection from assault, from abuse, from, from pain. And I had that in one of my clients, could not lose weight. She was in a perfect diet, exercise, everything. She could not lose weight. And then turned out in during a very quick session, yeah, because her new husband was treating badly her son, it was from a previous relationship, and she needed to stand up to this very tall, big, robust person. She was very tall, but she needed to stand up, and so this shield was there to protect her from being very small and being attacked. It's just incredible how our mind works in metaphors. It is really incredible. Now, there's one phrase that I really, really hate, and that's this phrase that a lot of therapists use called self-sabotage. Because the brain doesn't sabotage you. The brain has one function, well, one and a half functions. The brain's function is to keep you alive. And the secondary function is to help you procreate, to expand the species and to help the next generation, you know, by giving advice and being a wise person. So what happens is we have an experience that is really scary. Now, of course, most of us don't have saber-toothed tigers and predators, but we can have a situation where we get called into a meeting with our boss. Our boss shouts and screams and yells. Now you have three reactions to that pretty much. Well, four. You can fight, so you argue back. You can run away. Or you can freeze. Oh, I'm really sorry, boss. I'm really sorry, boss. Or you can fawn. Yeah, boss, you're so right. I, I, I really made a big mistake. And so the brain goes, ooh, that was a terrifying scenario. We don't want that happens again. So jump forward five years 10 years 15 years and you're in a similar situation and your brain goes oh we don't want that to happen again so guess what we do everything to avoid that so you've got a really toxic boss yes boss right on boss or you avoid the boss yeah or you freeze whenever the boss comes into the room your brain wants to protect you it's not sabotage you so when you want to go public speaking and you want to stand up on the stage those fears come back. Oh, you remember when you stood in front of that boss and he gave you a really hard time? It's all going on in your unconscious mind. So you, you kind of like, you freeze and you cannot go on the stage. And this is where the therapy comes in. We figure out where all this comes from and we work with the unconscious mind to remove all of that scary stuff and get the mind to understand that it doesn't need to protect you. It's not sabotage you. Because sabotage is the deliberate disruption of something. It's not trying to do that. It's trying to protect you. So we work together with the unconscious mind to show it that it's now safe and that you can go up stage and do your public speaking and have fun and enjoy it. Yes, there might be a little bit of nerves, but that's the excitement. That's the tingle of doing something really, really fun. And this is what we do. This is how we help people because you don't need to live with those behaviors anymore, those feelings. You can get rid of them. It is eminently easy if you demonstrate it with your clients. 
It's incredible. And I think that is also reflected when you see lots of teenagers. They're not going to try anything because they might fail. Or I'm not going to try to talk to this person because they're going to be ignoring me or something. They're not going to answer properly. So they just shut down thinking, you know, you realize they can text pretty much anyone, but they can't talk to a person because they're so terrified of this big rejection. And maybe they've been rejected because somebody had been very shy and they were terrified. So they were quiet. And so the teenager thought, oh, they don't like me. I must be not good enough or smart enough or well-dressed enough or whatever. So they think, oh, I'm not going to talk. So everyone there is sitting there in silence thinking, oh, I'm terrible. And then you hear all these people, have they got social anxiety? Okay. <laughs> But could it be that if we all just realize we're all just humans, we're just trying to protect ourselves from failure? So by going inside, we're going to get the anxiety a lot higher. And I, my specialism is anxiety and panic attacks. Every single client I saw that had panic attacks started with rejection, failure, and not being allowed to do something they wanted to do. And they thought, oh, I'm not safe. And from that moment, they say, well, if that is not good, then I cannot do that. And then, you know, the brain goes, oh, yeah, no, you're very safe now. See, you're safe. And then they can enlarge, they enlarge this idea that they can't do this other activity because that's not safe. And eventually, they end up stuck at home for years and years and years. They can't get out of the house because they will have a full-blown panic attack. And they, they believe their brain so much. Their brain is incredible. They say, you are not safe. If you go outside, something is going to happen. But the moment they challenge the brain and say, really? What's going to happen? Let's go outside nothing happens and the brain goes well maybe <laughs> maybe there wasn't a Hiroshima bomb falling on you you know but you have to take the action you know so I think that that's where the therapeutical rapport is so important to make you understand that you can believe in yourself you can take the first step so you got your method so you use mainly hypnosis for this in coaching yeah um, I use one specific type of hypnosis or hypnotherapy, I use conversational hypnosis is what I use to work with my clients in the coaching I use a mixture of all kinds of things I use some hypnosis, I use lots of different coaching techniques but with the hypnosis it's primarily based on conversational hypnosis but what I do help people with is for example if a client has low self-esteem and believe that they're not good at anything I get them to do something that's called create the list and I get them to buy a, a notepad and a pen and sit down and write down every single thing they have ever achieved going back as far as I can to you know medals they won in school sports days exams they've passed passing driving tests passing you know getting their first boyfriend their first girlfriend getting their first job because all of these things there was competition and people well, I've got a job that's not an achievement Yes, it is. There may have been 10, there may have been 100, there may have been 500 people competing for that same job. But they chose you, and that's an accomplishment. So I get my clients to, to do this on a daily basis, so they build up a, a reservoir, if you like. They build up a, a Bible of things that they have achieved. So on a day when they're thinking, you know what, I really want to go for this, but I don't feel quite ready yet, they can grab this book and they can just flick through and go, I did that. Yeah, that was me. Oh, I forgot that one. Yeah, that was me. And that just enabled you to build up this level of confidence right there, just when you might need it, when there's a little bit of a dip, and you can go in there and go boom and do it. Yeah. 
It's just a really, really simple little thing. And the good thing is, if they've got kids, I get my clients to teach this to their kids. Because a lot of the kids now, there's this online bullying and lots of low self-esteem, lots of angles that kids have been, not attacked, but they've been pressured at, social pressure, Mm. into not believing themselves because they don't have the latest sneakers, they don't have the latest t-shirt, they're not wearing the right colour nail shadow or whatever. And by creating this list themselves, imagine in 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to have books of achievements. And they're never, ever, ever going to have an issue with being able to not do something because their self-esteem will be through the roof because they built this book. They've been able to believe in themselves. And it's such a simple, cheap little process that I recommend it to, to everyone. I teach it everywhere. It's a really great little thing to do. It's a great idea. And part of it could be like journaling and journaling in a way that is more proactive and uh, recording the good things and not just a problem that we have. So that we can go back and say, wow, I was full of faith in the future. What happened then? How did I change? And you know, some of your words are really echoing what I heard this morning. I was recording with Dinara, and uh, which is part of our group. And um, we were talking about perfectionism. And one of the things that she uses uh, following ACH, uh, conversational hypnosis, is to ask the client to write in a journal all the achievements because perfectionist people think they never achieved anything so they have to push further so they're never happy. So it must be a sign from the universe, you know, twice in a day I hear that writing down what we've done well is, is a great thing and I think it's helping the plasticity of the brain, isn't it? Because it's disrupting those firing and wiring neurons that are connected every time I see this I think I'm gonna have that so trigger action reaction and we are disrupting that and saying well actually I can do this because I've done whatever it is in the list so it's it's a great thing so what would you have as a final tool or final tip to give to our audience as they close the episode and they're like wow I can actually change so what can they do now aside from this amazing tool of writing down their achievements. Okay, one incredible simple thing you can look this up is bilateral stimulation. Bilateral stimulation, which basically means getting the whole brain working together. All you need to do is to grab a ball that fits in your hand or something that you can throw from hand to hand. And then what you do is you think about that thought, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And throw the ball from hand and just think in your mind, and I do this all I can't think about it now because it's just it's ridiculous I'm not worthy that's ridiculous because what I'm doing now is I need my whole brain to pass this ball from hand to hand Mm -hmm. and talk to you at the same time and look at the camera and so while I'm trying to think of that thought you know I'm not good enough I'm not worthy it just it just doesn't get in it can't get in Mm -hmm. now obviously doing this for one minute isn't going to change much but if you do this regularly every day whenever you've got a spare minute Everybody's got some kind of ball or thing they can throw. You have to throw it, not pass it. It's got to be thrown. Yeah, you've got to throw it. Yeah? Because you've got to... See, the thing is, if you look at it this way, I've got to catch it. So I need to focus on catching the ball. And to expand it, you can widen your hands. And then you can start looking. Because now I'm having to look, and I'm having to throw, and I'm having to catch. And then I'm trying to think of this thought. You know, I'm not... (laughs) Now, this was originally developed to help people with anxiety, but I've yeah. been using it because 
Basically, any limiting belief that you've got, you can break it. Again, look up neuroplasticity on Google, Google it, and you'll see that you can get rid of these neural pathways that you don't want anymore. You can just basically, like getting a rubber to a pencil mark on a piece of paper, you can just rub it out. Yeah. Now, if you think of it, if you've got a deep pencil mark on a piece of paper, you, you rub it first, it kind of fades. Then you rub it a bit more and it fades a bit more, then eventually it completely disappears. This is the kind of exercise that you can do, which eventually will just make it completely disappear. Yeah. Now, you might think, well, Paul, I haven't got a ball in my hand. Well, okay, what you can do is uh, go outside and keep your head still and look, at, look for a bird flying around and follow the bird with your eyes, keeping your head still looking around so again we're stimulating the whole brain and while yeah. you're trying to think of that thought at the same time and it gets rid of it and, it's, yeah. and you start to feel yourself thinking why am i thinking this that's ridiculous and it's such a simple simple tool all you need is. is a ball that fits in your hand something you can throw i learned this technique a couple of years ago from melissa tears who does integrative um hypnosis and she uses this all the time. And I use it with every single anxiety client with panic attacks. It just stops the panic attack. And you know it's the five-finger rule, don't you, for panic attacks? There are loads. I mean, there are five or six things that we do for panic attacks. One is to realize where you are, touch the wall, look at your feet and, and what's your temperature. And also, but this one, just to pass things around, they had to pass the center. That's what Melissa Tia shows. And you, you pass them like but that. if they don't want to pass the ball, what you do is you just say, the, say okay, Paul, look at me. You're having a panic attack. Can you tell me five things you can see? It's okay. Just take your time. Yeah, five. five things you can see. I, I can see the, the, the roof. I can see you. That's great. That's two. And, and so five. Now, can you tell me four things you can hear? And okay. what we're doing is we're bringing them back out of their head, back into what yeah, I call grounding, back feel. into reality. And the breathing slows down because they're having to, again, bilateral stimulation. They're having to focus on I'm trying to panic and I'm looking for something to, to, to hear. What can I hear? And yep. again, it's a really, really simple tool. So yep. anybody that's having a... a t- and people that are watching this or listening to this can teach their kids this or can do this with their kids. If a kid had a panic attack and they're in the home or somewhere, you can just go, looking, darling, just look at my hand. Look at my hand for me. Now, can you tell me, can you show me five things that you can see? Oh, I can see this. It's a great, yep. simple tool. And the same with the ball as well. If your kid's having a panic, have a ball around the house. There's lots of very simple exercises. You can look them up here, millions of them. And they will help your children and you, if you have them as well, to get rid of and deal with panic attacks and those feelings that you don't want to have anymore. That's great. That's amazing. So what a lovely episode. Just having a nice look at all the stuff that we can do with our brain. It's like making a mold and working on a cake or something. We can build this. We can build the life that we want. If we know those mindset hacks that we, guys, we are teaching you. So here we are. I am so thankful that you have come to my episode and to my show. Maybe you might come back in the future. (laughs) I'd be happy to. I'd love to. You have so much. And also, I know that you are also a podcaster. So who knows? Who knows? There might be some more collaboration coming through. And we are reaching the, the end of our time. So I want to thank you so much for your time, Paul. Thank you for being in the show. My absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed my time here. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to me. And if you want to leave a review, just log in into your Apple iTunes account and then scroll down to the name of the show. Look at the stars. 
think about the stars count how many stars and oh and write down how many stars you would like to apply to the show and write a review because you know when you do that more people will know about the show and they can work out <laughs> exactly how to create the life that they want thanks to paul wilson and everyone thank you so much and i'll see you next week take care bye 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 you've listened to create with france sydney